Welcome into the His and Hers podcast. I'm Zach Bennett alongside my sister Paige. And today we have our Minnesota Vikings edition. This one being the 2022 season preview. We discuss all of the key free agents, the massive overhaul in GM and head coach, and talk about a cultural shift that may lead to dramatic success for this year's Minnesota Vikings. We dive into all that and more, plus give our predictions for what this season holds on this episode of the His and Hers podcast coming up right now. All right, the Minnesota Vikings have undergone a lot of change from the 2021 campaign, and there seems to be a lot of optimism growing on what this team, and particularly what a quarterback can do with a coach that doesn't hate him. Paige, why don't you give us a review of what happened to this team? Yeah, of course. Um, All Vikings fans are going to remember the disappointing 2021 season that we had, ending the season with eight and nine. Um, 16 games within eight points or less. It was a terribly frustrating season. A lot of games where we thought we had it in the bag and defense would give up horrendous amounts of points right before halftime or in the fourth quarter. So looking for a big turnaround this year. And that came with a massive upheaval of the organization as a whole. Obviously, Vikings Nation will know that Mike Zimmer exited the building and in has come Kevin O'Connell fresh off of a Super Bowl win with the Los Angeles Rams, having completely turned around, not necessarily turned around, but shaped Cooper Cup into the wide receiver that he currently is leading the league in rut in all receiving yards last year. So Kevin O'Connell's coming in along with Kwesi Adolfo Mensah as the new GM. From a player perspective of impactful additions, we've got Jordan Hicks and Zadarius Smith coming in at linebacker. Safety Lewis Seen coming in from the first round that we picked him up. And Andrew Booth, who we picked up in the second round at the defensive back position. Um, Most impactful departures for our Vikings this year. Safety Xavier Woods, linebacker Anthony Barr, which still causes me to cry sometimes with missing him on the team. Michael Pierce and, of course, our beloved Tyler Conklin at tight end. Um, they've all moved on to probably worse situations um, that we'll just consider that because we are school nation. Um, and then let's talk about their schedule. So um, luckily, the Vikings have, a, I would think, a pretty good schedule this year. Um, we've got a six-game stretch that's pretty easy for us, I would say, weeks three through nine. Um, their bye week is sectioned in there at week seven. We go against Detroit, New Orleans, who we play in London. Um, big benefit not having to play against them in Louisiana. Then we go play Chicago, then at Miami, and then against Arizona and against Washington. So that could really be the springboard, I think, because it's at the early part of the season. If we can really capitalize on that easy set of games, then that's our opportunity to surpass the Packers in the division. Um, we also have a four-game run that had just one t- winning team from 2021. Um, so we get the Jets in week 13 and then at Detroit and then against Indianapolis and against the Giants. Um, we finished the season at Green Bay and at Chicago, which are always difficult games. 
The toughest parts of our schedule are really only last two weeks. You might think that it lasts three, depending on how you feel about the Patriots. Um, but the bad news is that that first um, rough one is right out of the gate. Um, we play Green Bay, obviously week one, coming here in three days time. And then we travel to Philadelphia for week two. Um, and then again in week 10, we have to travel to Buffalo and then host Dallas on Sunday night football before Thanksgiving. And then on Thanksgiving Day, Minnesota Vikings will be hosting the New England Patriots. So those will kind of be the toughest parts of their schedule, but we have faith in these Minnesota Vikings and I see us winning a lot of these games. So Zach, where are you thinking from a perspective of what the Vikings are going to do this year? Well, when there's a great uh, article um, on a website called golongtd.com that was recently published just a few days ago. And when you have quotes coming from players that from Adam Thielen, when you wake up before your alarm goes off and get excited to go and get ready for practice, that's not a very common thing to happen. Uh, from Brian O'Neill, it's been really enjoyable. Daniel Hunter, players wake up and they want to come to work. They're not worried too much. They just wake up and want to play football. That's the main things. Young guys are eager to learn. Older guys are able to teach the young guys. It's a good overall atmosphere. There's a lot of quotes in this article, even some coming from Terrence Newman, who many would uh, usually have written as a very loyal Zimmer guy, um, talking about how he just became very toxic there's quotes in here from coordinators um, saying that the success of the 2022 Vikings is Im Im imminent because the devil's gone. Satan is out of the building. Kind of. Uh, a kind of a, that's a very intense <laughs> quote. I'm trying to make sure I find um, where Terrence Newman kind of goes off on him. But really, the, the article essentially summarizes the fact that culture on a football team has a lot to do with the success of the football team has. And it seems like it may be dramatized and a little blown up, but if a team believes that they can win, if they show up to work wanting to work hard and believe in the schemes and everyone is on the same page and moving towards the same goal, it, it can be really actually pretty successful. I think one of the biggest things that the Cincinnati Bengals saw last year, they had a very confident quarterback. They had a coach that trusted the quarterback. They had elite wide receivers that all love playing with one another. And it kind of snowballed into just a happy place to be. So I think, I don't think it can be quite understated how much a culture shift at the Minnesota Vikings is going to do with Quasey coming in, with Mike Zimmer, because there's articles that have come out. There's, this isn't the first one. It's not going to be the last. You know, there was articles where Spielman and Zimmer didn't talk until draft day. And after draft day, they didn't communicate. What is that? Mike Zimmer hated Kirk Cousins. Hated him. Didn't talk to him. Thought he was the, the root of all the problems. And when your head coach and your quarterback aren't talking, and it's not even a quarterback that is not even a slouch, top tier, in my opinion, when, he, when he's at his highest level, getting a coach in here that not only believes in him, but is building a system to maximize his strength. I just think the, the outlook on the season can't be anything but bright. 
Yeah. I mean, I think that honestly, I think a lot of the Zimmer stuff might have, might be a little exaggerated. I don't think Zimmer was like this horrible, awful coach. He did a lot of good things, never had double digit losses in the eight seasons that he was there. Um, But I do think that his, he just got really stale. It was just one of those things where um, defense basically collapsed. And as a defensive minded head coach, we are expecting to have the defense that we had in 2017, 2018. And the past couple of years, defense, I would say, has been the biggest issue, especially last year. I mean, the amount of points that they would give up in the last two minutes of big moments. And so it was just interesting to see not only was there issues with him and Cousins' relationship and his lack of respect for his QB, but it was also like the part that he was supposed to be really, really good at was failing on all fronts. And so I think that it was just one of those things where I mean Zimmer will always be a part of the Vikings organization there's a lot of good memories he was a coach at good times and at bad Um, but I think that you're right you're exactly right that I think that you can just tell from um, even just video footage interviews um, these guys just seem so much more lighthearted you feel like we're seeing more personality we're seeing more excitement and more buzz and more trust in cousins and I think that is the key if a team doesn't have trust in their quarterback and that's not coming from the top down then you're not going to be able to get your young guys to trust in him and so I just think it's so exciting to see this kind of level of excitement coming from the team and knowing that there's really good things happening in Minnesota yeah and I found the article that Terrence the quote that Terrence Newman put in this article um He's, you know, he played for him in Dallas, in Cincinnati and finished his career in Minnesota with the last few years. And he was willing to have his name on record, which I think says a lot, but he said it just became toxic. It was a trickle effect. If players are dreading getting cussed out and stuff like that, then it's going to make a long day for everybody. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I think that, like you said, you know, anytime someone's leaving, you know, it's, it's easy to pile on the guy who can't defend himself. So it's not... Maybe, you know, like you said, maybe it's a little blown out of proportion. Um, but if enough players and even a guy who played from a long time is willing to put his name on record and kind of explain his side of it and what he thought about it being, I think it does carry a lot of weight. Is that going to answer all the problems? No. But stepping into kind of the, you know, I always think the perfect like dichotomy of what the Minnesota Vikings were last year was that first game against the Detroit Lions. <laughs> where they had initial success. Justin Jefferson was having a great first half. You know, they jumped out to an early lead. And then when the second half came around, they just were playing not to lose. They were being really conservative. They didn't throw the ball. Justin Jefferson didn't go with the target until late in the fourth quarter. And because of that, they not only let the Lions back into the game, but if it wasn't for like a 30 second drive to put them in within 55 yard field goal, they would have lost the game. Like there was a couple things that had to go their way just to snatch it out of the, the jaws of defeat. So I think that kind of resembled the last couple of years of the 10 year era. He was a defensive mastermind whose defense was one of the worst in the NFL. And if that's your calling card, I mean, you just can't, you won't have a job for very long. Uh, it was particularly, it was the worst team. I think it was 562 over the last 30 years in the two minute half of first half and second half points allowed. They lost almost not eight of not eight of their nine games in the last two minutes of the first and second half. Like it was insane what happened to them when, you know, they would play pretty good, play pretty good. And then it would just kind of fall apart. So 
as long as the defense takes a step forward, we all believe the offense is going to take a step forward. I think this season will be nothing but an improvement. Agreed. So mentioning that defense, we've been talking defense a lot. Um, Let's kind of jump into the defense and kind of talk about what's different. Um, Obviously, historically with Zimmer, we had a 3-4 alignment now going to um, for, no, we had a four, three alignment moving over to a three, four. Um, I think that means that we've got like Daniil Hunter. Um, he's going to be one of the most outstanding quarter linebackers this year. I think that this adjustment on defense is going to make Daniil Hunter even more powerful and scary for QBs on the other side of the line. So I'm so excited to see um, what he's able to do. What are you thinking from a defensive perspective with the adjustments and with having um, new players come in like this Darius? Um, what do you think we can expect from the Vikings? Yeah, I think that um, bringing in the defense, it's not like they're replacing Mike Zimmer was some newer guy. Uh, Ed Donatel has been around the NFL for 31 years. He's previously spent the last three years with Vic Fangio in Denver as their defensive coordinator, obviously alongside uh, Vic Fangio. You know, he's won. He's been a part of two Super Bowl winning teams. This is the fourth time that he's been a defensive coordinator. Um, and, you know, he's just been coaching for a long time. So he's bringing along that 3-4, and I think it's really smart for Kevin O'Connell to bring someone on that side of the ball that has a lot of experience. Obviously, Kevin O'Connell you know, is a little bit newer in the league, obviously the first time being a head coach, and he wasn't afraid of bringing in an older veteran voice as a coordinator, which I think shows a lot of maturity on his side to hand over the reins to someone who probably has a pretty strong voice. And obviously, moving that 3-4 makes a lot of sense to go and grab a guy like Zadaria Smith. That's what they're playing in Green Bay. That's what he has, you know, excelled in being a stand-up outside linebacker. You know, when we look at the additions, the draft picks of Brian Asamoa, um, who has really excelled in camp. I believe he was picked up in the third or fourth round of this year's draft. And I was able to have the chance to watch him when they played in Denver. The guy was all over the field. Uh, was making plays, was a part of almost every tackle. And just you can see the NFL speed. And in that 3-4 defense, it matches really well uh, for the scheme that they're trying to t- trying to run. You add Lewis Seen, who will be a big part of the secondary, along with Andrew Booth. I think they did a great job of you know keeping veterans around like Eric Kendricks, Daniel Hunter, adding Zadarius Smith, uh, and then but influxing it with young, healthy talent. And the one underrated pickup, I think, that isn't getting talked about quite enough because it is in a flashy position, is the Harrison Phillips signing, who we snagged from mm-hmm. Buffalo. Played terrific in the preseason, and I'm excited to see what he's going to bring to the defense. Yeah, I think especially um, just being able to kind of pick up where Davlin Dalvin Tomlinson could be lacking. I think that that Harrison Phillips is going to have a really big impact on the defense as a whole. I think the one thing that all Vikings fans can agree on is concerns around the cornerback position. Um, Obviously we've got Patrick Peterson re-signed. He's getting a bit older, still effective, but um, you know, just some issues last season that we all experienced. Um, But then we've got for Packer Chandon Sullivan, um, at slot corner. And then we've mentioned Andrew Booth, um, who probably will be starting over Cameron Dantzler. Um, curious to see kind of what that goes and how they kind of split that up and see how much Dantzler does play this season. But I think that the biggest thing with the cornerbacks is we just don't know until we see them in action. Yeah, it's going to be really interesting. I think Cameron Dantzler will start 
um, initially at least. Andrew Booth suffered uh, like an ankle sprain uh, in the second preseason game. However, it will be, you know, they have the pieces where, you know, Cam Bynum, who played in, in different roles last year, started and, and was in different substitution packages. They have a lot of guys that if you, t- if you told me, uh, obviously last year they didn't live up to par. Uh, and so if you tell me that they finished kind of near that same, I wouldn't be surprised either because that's the track record. But with the right personnel, if you told me they finished as a top 10 defense, that would not shock me either. I think they have the correct pieces. It's whether some guys take the next step in their game uh, to progress the defense in that direction. So guys like Lewisine, who in his, as a rookie kind of show that promise, guys like Cameron Dantzler, if Zadari Smith or Daniel Hunter can stay healthy, which could be key for both of them. But if they can stay healthy, Zadari Smith coming off a bad year in Green Bay where he had back surgery and it was recovering the entire year, tried to make it back, was in the playoff game, but obviously their season ended short there. So if those two can stay healthy and Eric Kendrick stays as reliable, you know, him and Harrison Smith kind of anchoring as the old vets of the team. I could see this team being a top 10 defense, that side of the ball. Like I believe that the talents there, it's whether health, and scheme fit kind of match up to what they're trying to do. Yeah, defense is, I think this is something that everyone's going to be looking at. Everyone's kind of expecting high caliber from the offense. And I think the defense just kind of has a big question mark around it at this point of like, from a roster perspective, we've got, we've got our guys, but from a play perspective, let's see how they, how they map out. Um, So moving over to the offense, um, our favorite topic to talk about. Let's talk about little Mr. JJ, Justin Jefferson. Um, I think he, of all the players, is probably the one I'm most excited for to see this season with the new matchup with Kevin O'Connell because of Kevin O'Connell's history with Cooper Cup. I just think it's going to be awesome to see what Justin Jefferson's able to do this year. And now that he's got his first two seasons under his belt coming into his third um, and having taken like he's the only player in NFL history to record 3000 receiving yards in his first two seasons. Um, and so he, he needs just over 1,100 yards this season um, to set that record again for a player in their first three seasons. So I think 1,100 receiving yards is totally doable for Justin Jefferson with Kevin O'Connell, with Kirk Cousins. I think that we've got some exciting Cooper Cup style play coming out from Jefferson this year. Um, and also, I just think that, as you mentioned earlier, the whole idea of it last year, it just felt so much like the play calling was just so frustrating because it constantly felt like we were just playing it safe to like not lose the game rather than playing to win. And there were so many opportunities for cousins to throw it and hit and hit Justin Jefferson, hit Adam Thielen, take it downfield. And those opportunities just seemed like we were never taking them in the big moments because we were just either running it Um or just playing lazy and it just felt like lazy play calling to us. And so I'm really excited to see the offense this year, especially between Kirk cousins, being able to feed the ball to Dalvin cook and Alexander Madison, who I think is one of the most underrated running backs right now, because when Alexander Madison is on the field, he performs well and he gets us yards. And so it's awesome to have a backup running back as stellar as him, especially with Dalvin cook being a little bit injury prone. Yeah, I I think that there's been a great job of drafting offensive talent. Uh, there's been a lot of hype being built around what the Vikings can do. 
And I think it's a lot of the reasons that we've talked about, whether it's culture, whether it's some new additions, you know, Kyle Brandon, good morning uh, football. I, I think it was this morning picked Kirk cousins as his MVP um, breakout guy. And so did Michael or Irvin on game day um, as well. So there's, there's a lot of hype. There's a lot of people picking them to at least make the playoffs kind of shifted around win the NFC North. And I think a lot has to do with the pieces they do have an offense. You don't get much better combo of wide receivers than Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen. But now even they go pretty deep with uh, Jalen Rager, who was just a first round pick with Justin Jefferson two years ago. So him being added with KJ Osborne, who showed flashes of really elite, um, probably will be eventually a number two guy um, on an offense. So, and then obviously, as you already mentioned, Dalvin Cook, Alexander Madison in the backfield. I think Irv Smith's going to pop. I think if he stays healthy, obviously just got done with hand surgery this offseason, ACL surgery, the one before. And then their offensive line, Brian O'Neill has shown flash, you know, has obviously been very consistent with that contract extension he got last year. Christian Derisaw showing that he had moments last year where this guy is very special. Um, has great athleticism, can move kind of like a Trent Williams type of guy. Now, if they just, with a few of their pickups of Eddie Ingram from LSU, a big right guard kind of bowling ball type of body that you need on the interior to not get pushed back. But then I think it always goes back to the center position. Uh, Garrett Bradbury hasn't lived up anywhere near for a first round pick that they took on him. They need more from him. They need a more stout, you know, for a pocket passer like Kirk is, they need someone that isn't going to be pushed back five yards and collapsing on Kirk. Cause obviously we've seen when Kirk gets it right up the face, it's the same way that Tom Brady is. It's hard to even feel comfortable. It's hard to get the ball out because everything is pushing inwards on you. When it's on the outside, you can step up if that pocket's created. Uh, so I hope that they have scheme fits to help out Brad Bear, uh, Bradshaw or Garrett Bradbury, excuse me so that it's not such an issue. But as long as that offensive line holds up, as long as they can stay healthy, Christian Darisaw takes the next step, I really, really think that this offense can really explode and not just be a top 10 like they have been flirted with the last few years, but I think they can elevate into a top three, top top, like top three offense. I think, they're, I think all the pieces are there. The scheme's going to be there and as long as the offensive line performs. Yeah, and I I don't know. I just think that Kirk Cousins is probably a good quarterback to have in your fantasy lineup this year with the weapons that he has. Like he's just going to be feeding Dalvin Cook, Madison, Jefferson, uh, Thielen. Like he has so many weapons that he's going to be able to hit. And so not a bad guy to have in your fantasy lineup, I think, this year. I think he's going to put up some big numbers. I 100% agree. Um, you know, we, we talked about the Vikings in our NFC North preview that we did uh, about a week ago week ago looking for towards the season what is your record prediction for the vikings uh for the 2022 season 12 and 5 12 and 5 12 and 5 that's uh you know i i obviously we're biased i think 11 and 6 12 and 5 uh is doable i think the key stretch of the season you touched on this when you were reading through their schedule but out of their first six games, three of them are at home against the division. So all three division games are done within the first six weeks, or actually first five weeks of the season. Mm -hmm. So obviously the Packers are home, 
They go on the road against the Eagles. They play the they play the Lions, and then they're in London. So this is where it's very very interesting. I wanted to touch on this portion of the schedule because they play the Saints in London on October second. They then play at home against the Bears October 9th. So something I learned because I thought that it was mandatory that the bye is taken um, immediately following a London game. They just kind of slotted in there. But I learned that the team has the option to use it or to push it later on in the season. And so since they got slated with the week four London game, they didn't want their bye to be week five because it's so early in the year. So they put it a couple weeks later after October 16th. So they have the week that'd be week, uh, week eight is their bye week. Week seven. Week seven is their bye week. Excuse me. So it's a very, very interesting because they play in London. They have to fly that home, which their whole body autonomy the week before and week after is going to be thrown off and they have to play the bears. That's going to be a very big, especially if they beat the Saints. say they get off to a three and one four and oh start at home against a Bears team that many are predicting, myself included, to be terrible this year. Going to be a very interesting kind of trap game moment that hopefully they don't fall into. But I think that's a very important part of the schedule because say they beat the Packers, they beat the Lions, if they can beat the Bears at home, get off to a you know 4-1, and 5-0 and start, I mean, that would put them in the driver's seat by far to wrap up the NFC North pretty early on in the season. Yeah, especially because it's so important that they rack up quite a few wins before week 10 when they have to play Buffalo and then Cowboys and then Patriots. Yes. Um, Obviously, Buffalo at Buffalo, that's going to be an insanely tough game. And so I actually like how they push that out. I know it's going to be a little bit rough, but with how bad we're anticipating the Bears being this season, I mean, you take that over trying to like and then giving yourself a little bit more time to prayer for the Cardinals, don't you think? So I think it actually works out and it can work out in their favor if they're able to play well. hundred <laughs> percent there. hundred percent. I think it's very interesting because how the, the, you know, we talked about this in the, in the NFC North podcast, but the schedule for the Vikings, like truly couldn't be better. Like if you look at it for how it's set up, their hardest two games for road games are the bills and the Eagles. Right. But both of them are, you know, the bills is an AFC game it you know carries some weight but not entirely and then the eagles is so early in the season that you know it's not like a must win it's not going to be super cold outside so there's some factors that they actually got they if they're going to play the eagles on the road which we knew getting it in the second week of the season is better than getting it december when it's chilly and windy and maybe potential of rain and then they get the saints on the road, but it's in London. So it's more of a, it's a neutral site. There's actually a ton of Vikings fans. So it may even become more of a home game in that scenario. And then, and then they have to obviously play the Packers on the road. They got that one in January 1st. So that one obviously is going to be frigid. So if you're talking about one, two games, one in Buffalo, one in against the Packers, but you have to play Packers every year. So it doesn't really matter. That broke their way. The Cowboys are home, the Patriots at home, the Colts at home the Cardinals at home. Like you just go through the list and it's like this schedule couldn't have been any better. And getting the Packers week one is beautiful because this receiving core doesn't have any time to build chemistry with Aaron Rodgers. They're all new. So I just, well, think- and especially with the, with the news that came out today, Alan Lazard didn't practice again today. It's looking like Alan Lazard won't be playing on Sunday. And so what better time to capitalize with the Packers? It's crazy. And then all the juice that a home opener brings, all the juice that Kevin O'Connell is going to bring, 
you know, all of these things are kind of stacking up where you look at an NFL season and it's all about just belief and momentum and, you know, a team thinking that they can do more, you know, like the case Keenum year, that wasn't the most talented Viking team that Zimmer had, but it was a, everything kind of fell into place and the belief in what they were doing did, and they just got on a roll. So a quick start fueled with a schedule that favors a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of weeks to their advantage, I think leads to a 12 and five NSC North title high seed. And then you just hope that, you know, health just falls your way. Obviously in football, that's always the biggest thing. Health. If you can just stay healthy, it's a lucky type of thing. But if you can, there's going to be a lot of things that kind of favor the Vikings this year. Skull baby. Sorry. I kind of went on that rant there, but is there any other, (laughs) Thoughts that you have before we wrap this one up? No, I mean, I think that I'm just ready for Sunday. Oh, and and it's the it's the Fox game of the week. We got it's covering like if you don't live, I think Arizona, uh, not Arizona. It's the Giants and Jacksonville, I think, is who plays. Let me look at week one. But we have like the Vikings have like 90 percent of the country. So it's basically a primetime game for them. Let me look who the other Fox late window one is. Um, it's Giants Titans. So like the only places to have that game is around New York and around Tennessee. The rest of the country is Packers Vikings. You know, we got Greg Olson, uh, Kevin Burkhardt on the call. So late window, big game. It's going to be a lot of fun. And if it's anything like last year's Minnesota Vikings Green Bay game at home, it, there's going to be some fireworks. I'm excited. Uh, I guess to close it out, do you have any other last thoughts? No, Skull Vikings, let's win this game. What? Honor <laughs> your name. Go get a first down, then and get, get a, a touchdown. touchdown. Rock, 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 Rock them. Fight, 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 fight. Um, all right, so we, uh, we obviously have this episode. Friday, we're going to be dropping our reaction to the Bills-Rams game, which is happening uh, today if you're listening to this, which should be a phenomenal football game. And we'll give our preview for week one and our top five predictions for the outcomes of the game. Week one is the one that you just never know what's going to happen, right? Jacksonville Jaguars in 2020 went one and 15, but they beat the 11-5 Colts week one. So you just never know. Can't carry too much water what's going to happen. There's going to be some surprises, but I'm definitely excited for what this football season will bring. So, all right. Well, that'll do it for us here on the His and Hers Podcast, Vikings Edition 2022 preview. You have a great day and catch us on our next episode dropping later this week.